From Mondays.wop.com, it's Mondays with your host, Carl Franklin. This is Jeff Maciolik here in the studio with Carl, Mark Miller, and Richard Campbell announcing show number 33. Oh, great. Now I have to write the freaking intros? Well, I want a fing raise, Carl. Mondays is produced by Plot Productions, providing professional audio and podcasting services online at www.pwop.com. And now, the man who's feeling extra crispy right now, Carl Franklin. (laughs) I say I'm feeling extra crispy because I'm not regular. Oh, oh, very nice. Oh, yeah. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, that's something I wanted to hear. D- does he mean what I think he means by that? No, <laughs> no, no, no. He, he's, uh, he means that sometimes he's not on the show and, uh, yeah, just trying to save your sanity there, Mark. And why am I irregular, you might ask? <laughs> no, I might not ask that, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think I asked that at all. Maybe it's because it's all the freaking fiber I've been digesting for the last uh, three days. You know, the thing they don't tell you about fiber when you take fiber to get regular is if you take too much of it and you don't drink enough water, eh, you know what happens? You sort of get plugged up. You know what I'm saying? You just stop. You just stop. It doesn't work. So 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 is anybody in the studio with Carl now that can like you know just let us know is he like kind of squirming back and forth or Actually we do have a guest in the studio uh Greg Brill is here from Infusion. He just came up uh from the city to uh do something for DNR but uh in the meantime he's going to sit and listen to us make fools of ourselves for the next hour. Why anybody would do that is beyond me. But you know uh, speaking of fiber the fiber I've been taking it's all a plan that I've had to get myself back in shape. After about 10 years of slobbing out, after realizing that you just can't do it without exercising, I started a regimen of walking through the woods behind my house hmm. all while I'm listening to podcasts, of course, on my iRiver MP3 player. There's a trail that pretty much starts like 20 feet from the back of my yard and goes for miles through like 50 acres of state-owned woodlands. And the first day, I walked for like an hour and a half before I found my way home. Good exercise. <laughs> uh, exercise through getting lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Carl, I recommend just, you know, starting off small. Like, I walk to McDonald's every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a little taxing, though, especially that, that 25 minutes I spent sobbing face down in the swamp water with no sign of civilization in any direction and the sun directly overhead, <laughs> so I didn't even know which way was north. Oh, <laughs> man. That, that brings a tear to my eye, man. Yeah. Of course, one just doesn't just exercise to get in shape. One has to also drop some uh, bad eating habits. So I've been cutting out like starch and sugar and bad fats and eating less. I feel good. I feel great, actually. I'm getting up early. I have lots of energy. It's really cool. But I think I may have overdone it a little bit, you know. Maybe it was the lack of food or the increased exercise. But I think you're supposed to be able to walk to the car without falling down, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, it it depends. Were you were you wearing roller skates or anything at the time? <laughs> you know, no, I, I may be new to this way of life, but is it normal when your secretary asks you if you'd like anything from the coffee shop downstairs to answer with, "How the f- am I supposed to know that? What do I look like, f- Nostradamus?" Huh? Uh, is that so, normal? So, that uh, sounds that sounds pretty normal to me. <laughs> <laughs> So so today, after about four days of this grueling torture, which I've been enjoying, mind you, I went down to Bangkok City, the Thai place in New London, to have a nice lunch without worrying about eating extra starch, fat, and sugar, and all that stuff. I just needed to see if eating a normal lunch would restore my strength and take the edge off a little. But the place was empty when I got there, around one thirty, 
and I sat down to some golden brown delicious spring rolls, some chicken rice ginger soup, a nice salad with peanut dressing, and, and a really hot stir fry with chicken, veggies, and basil. It was awesome. But as I was sitting there eating, I was wondering, why is it that for the last 10 years I can't eat a meal without getting something on my shirt? <laughs> well, it's obviously because I've got a huge continental shelf between my mouth and the table. But what about the food itself? What is it that always finds its way to my shirt? And then it hit me. The sauce. Oh. Ah. That's right. I was the, thinking gravity. The sauce. <laughs> no, it's all about the sauce. See, what happens is this. You take a golden brown delicious spring roll and you dip it into that sweet chili sauce they give you, right? And you hold it up and move it to your mouth. And what happens? The sauce runs down the side of that golden brown delicious spring roll and right onto your man tits. <laughs> I can't say I've had that problem. <laughs> But, oh, boy. But not just any sauce. It's the runny sauce, you know, the sauce with no viscosity that usually lands on your shirt, right? Well, you just got to start using checks. 10W30 on, for your sauce instead of 10W40, <laughs> obviously. Hey, guys, can we stop the show a second? I need to check something. Just a minute. I'm just going to look down in my shirt for a moment. And... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, it's the runny sauce that's the problem, because if it was gooey enough, it wouldn't have time to run down the side of the golden brown delicious spring roll and onto your man tits, would it? Mm, now, mm, maybe mm. it's actually a velocity issue. Maybe your hand's moving so fast to your mouth that the sauce can't hang on to that <laughs> spring roll on the way up. No, no, no. It's a catch-22, you know? To avoid dropping sauce bombs on the man tits perched high on your continental shelf, you go for the thick sauces, but the thick sauces are thickened with starch and sugar. So the more thick sauce you eat, the fatter you get, the bigger man tits and continental shelf are. It's a conspiracy. And the higher the probability of dropping sauce bombs on your man tits. It never ends, man. <laughs> hey, man, it's totally a conspiracy. I need to cleanse my f***ing mind, man. <laughs> I wish Karen were here to, like, you know, antagonize me for my Pez collection or something. God damn. Something to make you feel more comfortable? I, I, I feel like I'm having sex. I'm just going baseball, baseball, baseball. <laughs> Think about baseball. Think about baseball. Oh, man. Well, anyway, after contemplating this for a minute, I just decided to hold a napkin under my golden brown delicious spring roll dipped in sweet chili sauce as I moved it over my continental shelf into my mouth. Now I just have to ask for more napkins each time. I'll, uh... I'm glad you solved this problem, yeah. Carl. <laughs> That's what I've been going through this week. Richard, what have you been doing this week? Just working. That's all. Working all the time. Kids went back to school, but otherwise it's peace and quiet around here. You, uh, you've you been like in conference call hell lately, I know. Well, you know, everybody knows I'm. it's the fall now and I'm going to start traveling again. We got all the shows and stuff. Yep. And so they're getting their work in now before I'm on the road. Yeah. But, you know, the hot swap conference call is something else. You know, I spent a day where the con I actually did four different conference calls with, with no breaks. Three people in the conference call would hang up and two other people would call in and we'd go on to a new topic. Wow. And that I burned an entire day doing. <laughs> is there an imprint yeah. of, well, I'd say there's an imprint of a phone, but obviously your hand's free. Yeah, I'm using the headset. I'm just impressed with the little battery in this thing. That was I was on the phone for eight straight hours. Yeah, do you have that thing like surgically implanted to your skull yet? Or I mean, <laughs> come on. I didn't need to have it surgically implanted. It's been on so long it grew over. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a nice image. Boy, this is this is Mark, I think I'm gonna have to side with you here. Thinking about baseball. This <laughs> baseball show. If that doesn't work, go for grandma's, man. <laughs> ah, that's not helping. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, Jeff, Jeff, I know that you've been uh, struggling with, you know, should I go to the grocery store or shouldn't I go to the grocery <laughs> store? Did you finally go shopping I yet? I finally go shopping, and I have to tell you, like, um, you know, uh, I got some, some actually kind of healthy stuff, but what I'm eating right now is a bologna sandwich. <laughs> Very <laughs> <All> nice. Right. <laughs> Good old bologna. Yeah. Um, so, Carl's right. I've been struggling with, you know, going to the grocery store. Basically, you know, this is my first time I've, I've had a place by myself. I skipped the college thing. So, I've never really had to fend for myself like if i didn't go grocery shopping there'd be food around there was always you know my girlfriend was around she's not around anymore or, my, or i was you know with my family there's always been food around well like i kept running out of food i've been thinking about my shoes you know i could boil the shoes in the pot ah charlie chaplin the gold rush yeah or or i guess i could go to the grocery store and i ended up going to the grocery store at about midnight last night and um, how long have you been in your apartment 
Uh, a while, a while. Um, okay, how many months? <laughs> how many months? Oh, oh, I thought you meant like without leaving. <laughs> uh, I've I've been here since uh, sort of mid or late July. Yeah, first time you went grocery no, shopping it's not last the first night. time. It's the second time. <laughs> I mean, you went out for chicken nuggets a couple. He's been times. with his parents doing it lots of times. Carl. <laughs> Don't give him shit, okay? We got to stand behind our Jeff, man. We got to mm. support him. <laughs> Mark Miller in California. How are you, sir? Oh, uh, you know, to be honest, I'm I'm a little bit grumpy. I'm trying not to bring it into the show. Really? Yeah, I I really probably shouldn't talk about it too much, but. You know, we all talk about the things that we're actually doing, and that's okay. I think you should talk about why you're well, I mean, pissed off. It's just that there's like some legal stuff, so I probably shouldn't get into legal issues, but I'm a little bit pissed off at my attorneys. I mean, you know I'm always coming up with like the, the next great money-making idea, Carl. I mean, yep. I'm working hard to get my next million. Um, of course, technically, my next million would also be my first million. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I had this great idea for this product, and we're in the final stages of development. And my attorneys, like, they've turned against me totally. They're now actively trying to stop production. I mean, like, isn't that against their Hippocratic oath or something? Well, can you tell <laughs> us more about the idea? Okay, well, you know, this whole thing is, is pending, and I really, I told you before, I really shouldn't be talking about it too much, especially not on the show. Sure, sure, we understand. Yeah. The thing I can tell you, though, I mean, this part is pretty much common knowledge. And, of course, Richard will be able to back me up on this one. The, tr the truth is, is that, well, you've got a serious rat problem over there in Canada. I mean, rats are all over the place. Definitely. In fact, the Canadian rat infestation has gotten so bad, that citizens have resorted to desperate means to control the population. As an example, if you bring up Shrinkster.com, you can see what I mean at Shrinkster.com slash 7XY, 7X-ray Yankee. You can see what you can see one of the techniques that Canadian citizens are using to uh, control the population. I got four rats on the barbecue right now. Found them under my pillow. That's right. Now, aside from <laughs> eating rats, what's the number two way to get rid of these rabid rodents? Uh, That's right, Carl. Poison. Right. And what's the biggest problem with using poison? It's dangerous. What? No, Carl. Have you been paying attention? It's disposing the body. Here, ah. take a look at shrinkster.com slash 7YH, 7 Yankee Hotel. You'll see a picture of the uh, standard way. Look at this guy. The standard disposal maneuver used by millions is the Heinsacker tail lift. <laughs> As demonstrated by this man. No doubt a Canadian. You can tell that by his happy face. Oh, of course, as we all know, when you employ the Heinsacker tail lift, all the lateral lung pressure forces the rat to perform one final exhale. As you can see here in this photograph, <laughs> that last breath is going to carry particles of the rat poison. But more importantly, it's just downright stinky. Hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. As you know, Carl, I'm just a regular guy. I do what regular guys do. And like a lot of regular guys, I spend a lot of time thinking about the rodent halitosis problem. <laughs> Which ranks third on my list of really bad things threatening humanity. So anyway, I'm thinking about dead rats with bad breath and suddenly it hits me. Mint flavored rat poisoning. Hey, hey, uh, I mean, it's brilliant. Uh, and quite frankly, I'm stunned that nobody else has considered this before. So anyway, that was like six weeks ago, and I quickly mobilized the production team so that we could get this thing to market fast. And we had no problem getting just the perfect mix of rat poisoning and irresistible mini flavor, thanks to the hard work of our recently departed R&D team. Your entire R&D team left the company? Well, let's just say they went to a better place. Look, the biggest, <laughs> challenge, the biggest challenge we had was coming up with a name. I, 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 then I started thinking about the product, you know, the slightly sweet, minty formula. It triggers a calming cardiac arrest in the rodent. But when I told my marketing team that the product was going to be called Calming Cardiac Arrest, they said the name was too long, it, you know, it wasn't trendy, and it just wasn't pulling in the right numbers for the kids. <laughs> now, normally, Carl, as you know, I don't let these marketing fluffs push me around. But in this case, <laughs> I think they had a point. So we just shortened the name to C-Rest. <laughs> C-Rest. Catchy, eh? I mean, this time the marketing team really came through. Oh, man, I'm going to miss those guys. How much did you pay those guys for that? Um, you know, I'm not going to get into those numbers That's right now. That's crazy. Okay? Anyway, I'm going to miss those guys. May God have mercy on their souls. Anyway, 
Next, it was time for our dearly departed design team to create a brilliant package design. And they didn't let me down either. Take a look at shrinkster.com slash 7YF. 7 Yankee Frank. And this is our, uh, our prototype design. So, I mean, amazing, isn't it? Rat poisoning in a tube. No more leaky boxes to mess up your kitchen cabinets. So anyway, let me summarize, all right? We have this great tasting product. It's going to leave rats dead with minty fresh breath, guaranteed to last overnight. We got a brilliant design. We're ready to go into production. Everything is great. So I'm feeling good about things. And I go out and buy a new wheelbarrow just so I can carry all the money that I'm going to get from this new idea. <laughs> oh, by the way, here's the last ad our marketing guys came up with before they left unexpectedly. It's at uh, shrinkster.com slash 7YE. Seven Yankee Echo. I, th- I really like this ad because I think it really sells the point. <laughs> Notice we had the bonus applicator brush there to kind of get people to try it first time. <laughs> anyway, things are going great. The company's downsizing, getting trimmer, ready to be profitable. We even get lucky when someone from Associated Press snaps a photo of President Bush taking care of the rat problem on the White House lawn. Go out to shrinkster.com slash 7YG. You can take a look at this. That was a lucky shot. <laughs> Notice how that mini flavor just gets the rat to uh, just pick that Very right nice. up. So suddenly, from out of nowhere, I get a letter from my attorneys informing me that they've filed a class action lawsuit against yours truly on behalf of all my employees next of kin. Oh, jeez. And when you think about it, this whole thing is totally tragic. I mean, think about it, Carl. I was this close to getting my next million. It really goes to show you how self-serving the legal profession can be. I mean, what am I supposed to do with this wheelbarrow now, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I now find myself in the ever-familiar position of looking for new attorneys yet again. If you know of any, have them contact me at mondays.pwop.com. Idaho. I'm in Idaho (laughs) for anybody who's... Wants to hurt me for anyone who's really looking for you. <laughs> you know, we get a lot of email for Mondays. Yeah. Most of it saying, you guys rock, man. Right. But there was an email sent. Uh, well, actually, it was really sent to Jeff. Yeah. But we, uh, I saw it, too. And Jeff and I got in a discussion about it. I, I just wanted to read it. Okay. Because uh, it, it sort of tied into the toys that we were talking about as well. Man, this is interesting. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the guy says, let me read it. Look into it, man. These hydrogen cars are merely cars sponsored by the oil industry to maintain their monopoly and profits. As the global demand for oil increases, the fuel cell hybrids that strip hydrogen from gasoline to generate power will maintain our dependence on oil. However, some automobile manufacturers are working on hydrogen combustion engines, which will run on water. Once a hydrogen infrastructure is in place, we could be converting existing automobiles to run on hydrogen, albeit this will reduce the long-term life of the engine, since hydrogen burns hotter than gasoline. However, this conversion is fairly cheap and similar to the conversion for, from gasoline to natural gas, which is currently used by many companies and on some public transport vehicles. BMW has an automobile that runs on water. Actually, it uses solar power to power the hydrolysis of water to produce hydrogen for use by hi- its hydrogen combustion engine. Hold on, Richard. The- BMW's got a, got a car that runs on water? Yeah. Is that called the Jesus Mobile? Yeah. Oh, Oh, did that hurt? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I really, that was my first one. I just did a Carl. I'm sorry. There you go. There you go. That was really painful. I'm even hurting from it. I can't believe I said that. (laughs) This isn't nuclear physics. We have technology and the knowledge to do this, but the oil companies own everything, including the president and the Congress. Thanks. Yeah. You know, I I was, I was thinking about this email and it occurred to me, this guy's right. You know, by sticking solar panels on top of our cars, we could drive around with tanks full of water instead of gasoline, and we could use electrolysis to get the hydrogen out of the water. You know, everybody knows, you know, you can just, you, you put a couple electrodes in a, in a tank of water with a little bit of hydrochloric acid, and, you know, you get hydrogen and oxygen, right? Um, everybody knows that. Yeah, yeah. So I did some quick math. I was figuring out, you know, how big the solar panel would have to be to get out a bit of, about, you know, enough hydrogen to get maybe 50 horsepower. Um and it's pretty easy, actually. Um, you know, your average solar panel is about five feet by two and a half feet. Um, and it makes about 210 watts, which, you know, it's a pretty good amount of power. Um, and you only need 37,000 watts to, to make a 50 <laughs> horsepower engine. 
Um, so you only need a panel on top of your car that's about 40 feet by 55 feet to be able to drive your car um, with a tank of water and doing electrolysis. Well, that won't have any impact on the aerodynamics of the car at all, will it? I'm and not just going to say I, I watched Jeff perform these calculations, and yes, he did check his work. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't screw around. When I'm doing my long division, you know, I, I, I use pencil so I can erase everything and do it over. Um, he does. And you know, Richard, you're right. It w- I don't think it would have any impact on, on the aerodynamics of the car. And it's not a very big panel. Um, I mean, I didn't factor in the weight of the structure, but I'm sure that a 50 horsepower engine would be enough. You know, not, not a big deal, right? What yeah. if I want a 200 horsepower engine? Well, you know, then you need a panel that's about 100 feet by 100 feet. That's and no problem. So, you know, that's that's 10,000 square feet. That's nothing. Yeah, you you can put that on a Volkswagen. You bet. This is kind of like rocket science in the sense that if you want to go to the moon, you got to stick a lot of fuel in, but the fuel weighs a lot, and so you need more fuel to get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I have this this to say to uh, everybody out there who's uh, who wants to talk about the hydrogen economy and is a f***ing idiot. Hey, idiots, <laughs> the amount of power you get out of the hydrogen when you put it into the fuel cell is the same as the amount of energy that you put into it to get it from the water. Yeah. So to get your hydrogen to drive your car on water, you need enough solar panels to uh, basically play a game of football on top of your car. Yeah. (laughs) On top of that, the BMW, which does not run on water, it runs on liquid hydrogen, requires liquid hydrogen, which requires about $1,000 worth of electricity per kilowatt of hydrogen. Oh, and where's that electricity going to come from, Richard? I don't know. Maybe more solar cells. Yeah, that's what it is. That's the idea. (laughs) <laughs> so basically what you're saying is you can't drive your car around with a tank of water unless you want a Boeing 747-sized wing on top of your Chevy Nova. What if we Very genetically nice. what if we genetically re-engineered every single plant form on this planet? So instead of giving off oxygen, it gave off this hydrogen gas. That sounds like a really good idea. I think we should get on that immediately. It would definitely solve the uh the all of the problems. So we could drive out wherever we wanted to then, right? Wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Makes as much sense as a car that runs on water. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. baby. That's called a boat, I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, or Jesus. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. I really suck, man. That's bad for you, man. You're I, usually much wittier. I And I have nothing to go. I have no way to dig myself out. I know my. I see my material coming up, and it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> got nothing, man. Nothing. I got nothing. Nothing. All right. So enough about hydrogen-powered cars and walking through the woods and whatever the f- Mark was talking about. Let's talk about the Weekend Geek. This is the Weekend Geek, where I comb the internet for crazy, geeky stories. Actually, true stories in the science and technology world. And uh, bring them to your attention to make you a better person. Story number one. Holy shit, you've invented the backpack! From Associated Press. As soldiers, hikers, and students can testify, it takes energy to haul around a heavy backpack. Now researchers have developed a backpack that turns that energy into electricity. It doesn't crank out a lot of juice, just a bit more than 7 watts, but that's enough to run things like an MP3 player, a personal data assistant, night vision goggles, a handheld global positioning system, or a GSM cell phone. The development could eventually allow field scientists, hikers, explorers, soldiers, and disaster workers to produce their own electricity. The researchers used a backpack fastened to the carrying frame by springs. The up-and-down motion caused by walking powers a small generator producing electricity that can be used directly or stored in a capacitor or battery. Yeah, that's just what I need out in the woods. A 100-pound pack to power my 7-ounce MP3 player. Jesus, I've already got <laughs> well, a couple a hundred idea. pounds extra to lug around. Why the fuck would I want to add another C-note just to avoid replacing the battery in my iPod once in a while? Morons. Can you replace the battery in your iPod? Carl, you you sound like you're re- reacting violently to this exercise thing. I know. I got to eat something. <laughs> Story number two, drive through iPods. From the Associated Press, Apple Computer Chief Executive Steve Jobs introduced a long-anticipated music-playing cell phone on Wednesday and surprised the faithful with a new pencil-thin iPod. The phone, called the Rocker and made by Motorola Incorporated, that's R-O-K-R, will come loaded with iTunes software, store up to 100 songs, 
and include a color display screen and a built-in camera. The Rocker, Apple's first foray into the mobile technology market, will include built-in dual stereo speakers as well as stereo headphones that also serve as a mobile headset. And it comes in three flavors, barbecue, sweet and sour, and sweet chili sauce mm. flavor with extra starch <laughs> and sugar. Okay. I don't know why they didn't call it the iPhone. Yeah. Story number three from Reuters. California lawmakers have approved a bill that would ban the sale of violent video games to minors. But Republican Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger has yet to take a position on the legislation, his office said on Friday. The bill would end the sale and rental of violent games to minors that depict serious injury, which is determined to be especially heinous, atrocious, or cruel. It also calls for $1,000 fines for violators and requires violent video games to be labeled. When asked if he was going to veto the bill, the governor said this. Now, Lord Vader will provide us with the location of the rebel fortress by the time this station no. is over. Make it stop. We will then crush the rebellion with one swift stroke. God, I have this weird feeling of, uh, of, of deja vu. Deja vu. You know, this was this is. I had deja vu too. I, last night I was. I'm sorry to, to to segue right in the middle. Of your your to, or to oh feel free to to, to just yeah just go stomp right, out right all over his bed. We don't care to, yeah. to tangent right in the middle of your uh, your thing. But last night I was uh, I was at a a bar with a bunch of guys and we were uh, there was a guy who was playing music and one of the guys that was with us says play some Beatles. So the guy starts singing all these Beatles songs. He does like five in a row and I'm getting really nauseous, you know, and I'm grabbing the fork and plunging it into my heart. And, and and trying to run it past the rib cage and all that stuff and 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 finally it occurs to me that I can pay the guy to not play play Beatles songs. <laughs> so so I do and he stops playing Beatles songs and uh, we were really paying him not to play and it was it was the best five dollars I ever tipped any singing guy in my life. And I just I just wish I could tip you five dollars right now, Carl, not to play that rebellion <laughs> joke one more time. Is is it that you don't like the Beatles or you didn't like the way he did it? No, it's just that, well, I love the Beatles until he did it five times in a row, okay? Yeah, and probably pretty badly. <laughs> hint, hint. <clears throat> I get you. Uh, I'm, I'm hey, on your wavelength, man. Oh, I know. Let's play this. <laughs> I, 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 I understand. I'm kidding, man. I'm kidding. <laughs> I kid because I love. There you go. F*** you. <clears throat> All right. Story number four, September 10th declared Software Freedom Day. From IDG News Service, advocates of free and open source software have designated Saturday as Software Freedom Day and are planning events around the world to educate the public about the benefits and availability of open source software. The nonprofit company Software Freedom International is driving the effort, but the event depends largely on the grassroots activities of free software advocates organizing small events at the local level. A team of four people in Nashua, New Hampshire, for example, said they will most likely be in the Nashua Public Library talking up free software to people attending a book fair organized for the same day. Quote, the type of person to spend Saturday at the library is exactly the type of person who would care about and be interested in free software, end quote. The team wrote on the Software Freedom Day website. That's hilarious. <laughs> Another group calling themselves the, quote, Freedom from Free Software Foundation, end quote, <laughs> has declared November 10th No Tech Support Day. <laughs> December 10th We Can't Get This Shit to Work Day. Oh, man. And January 10th, what the f*** were we thinking day? <laughs> and that, my friends, is the Week in Geek. God dang, man. Carl, that reminds me of the first time I installed Linux. I'm trying to figure out the... I'm trying to figure out how to change my screen resolution. Yeah. And I and I start encountering all of these dialogues, and I can't figure out how to... All I want to do is just change my screen resolution from 640 by 480. <laughs> And I started yeah. counting all these dialogues that, you know, work in progress and this dialogue dedicated to my mom and all of this stuff. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm just like, what the f***, man? So I just ran away real fast. And flee, that my, flee. That was my one experience. Now it's time for People Dumber Than Me. 
This is where Mark Miller finds all the people making the news that are actually dumber than you, making you feel a little bit better about yourself. Take it away, Mark. Thanks, Carl. Well, you know, you might have edited this out at the beginning, so our listeners may not have heard this yet, but at the beginning of the show, I did apologize to Carl in advance for anything that I would say that, you know, might hurt his feelings. So, oh, just great. Wanna, just want to, <laughs> I want to tell our listeners again, I'm, I, I just want to say I'm sorry. I don't want to look like a hard ass at all, you know, in front of our, our listeners. Uh-oh. Here it comes. This story is called Officers Pay No Attention to That Tattoo on My Ass. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, Justin Breakspear, a 19-year-old from Massachusetts, was a connoisseur of fine weapons and fine body art. So it was a proud day indeed for Mr. Breakspear when he had a giant tattoo of his favorite weapon grafted onto his hip. Of course, even tattoo lovers sometimes get into hot water, and that's right where Mr. Breakspear found himself when deputies served him with an arrest warrant on May 19th for a breaking and entering incident. Deputies discovered two sawed-off shotguns and a thirty-eight caliber pistol in the basement where the suspect had been hiding. According to Mark Lawhorn, a spokesman for the Middlesex County Sheriff's Office, Mr. Breakspear denied owning the weapons and said, quote, the guns belong to other people, unquote. Middlesex deputies contacted the local Framingham police about the firearms, who then proceeded to obtain a second search warrant while Mr. Breakspear was taken to jail. Now, Carl, as you and I both know from firsthand experience, during the booking process, deputies are required to take pictures of any identifying marks on a suspect's body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I know what you're thinking, Carl. You're all worried that I'm going to use that identifying marks bit as an opportunity to tell the listeners about that mole on your ass that looks like Jabba the Hutt in one quarter scale. Huh? <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. I wouldn't embarrass Carl like that just for the sake of comedy. <laughs> but I do want to point out that identifying marks do include tattoos. Hey, by the way, Richard, did I ever tell you that time about, about the time that Carl and I were drunk at the conference and somehow found ourselves inside a discount tattoo parlor? I mean, <laughs> the whole thing started when Carl and I had way too much alcohol, and then we got into one of those drunken arguments over who was more pussy-whipped. And, of course, Carl's in total denial about who wears the <laughs> pants in his family and continues to insist that I'm more pee-whipped than he is. And so, anyway, we're almost to the hotel when I get this great idea that Carl and I should get tattoos of some strange girl's name. I think it was Sheila. <laughs> On that part of the body that only our wives, the Olympic Committee, and or penis enlargement surgeons see. (laughs) And then, of course, the hilarity ensues, right? When we have to explain the mysterious name to our wives. So so Carl's like, no way, man. You know, but after much prodding, I finally get him to agree. And we each bet $5 that the other guy's more pussy whipped and will whip out before it's over. And Carl goes first. I'm, of course, looking the other way, right? I wait until the guy's finished and it's my turn. Then I say to Carl, you won! And I throw $5 at him and run back to the hotel. <laughs> oh, boy, that was hilarious, man. Oh, and then and Carl's Miller. flying home, and I call his wife and tell her I'm Carl's doctor, right? And I assure her that Carl's recent man problem should clear up as long as Carl applied that cream regularly and made sure the rash was exposed to plenty of air. Oh, oh man, those were the days. <laughs> Anyway, as deputies photographed Mr. Breakspear's ass tattoo, they noticed that this striking work of body art was rendered with so much detail that, remarkably, it included the handgun serial number. What? What? (laughs) Really? That's right, kids. Mr. Breakspear thought it would be a great idea to tattoo some evidence to his ass. Oh, jeez. What a moron. A picture of the tattoo was sent to Framingham police who matched the image to the handgun collected during the search. Breakspear was charged with multiple counts of illegal weapons possession. He's currently serving 90 days on the breaking and entering charge and is scheduled to be arraigned on July 19th on the weapons charges. So let's see, 90 days from now, Mr. Breakspear should be uh, tracking me down to hunt me down and kill me. (laughs) He's in Idaho. (laughs) Just mark that on my calendar. Yeah, go look for me somewhere else, man. So anyway, Mr. Breakspear, you gun-loving, basement-hiding, stickler-for-ass detail. (laughs) You, sir, are dumber than me. Yes, Yes, you you are. are. <laughs> so yeah, I thought it was good good choice, don't you, Richard? That I stayed away from the Jabba the Hut thing. Yeah, that's a good choice. I like that. <laughs> back to you, Carl. Back to me. Back to Richard. Richard, it's your turn. It's time for Richard the Toy Boy. He finds the best, the worst, 
the absolute freakiest geeky toys on the internet. Richard, what is up this week? Well, you know, I knew we were going to be talking sauce. And as much as I love the condiment packet museum, and if you love it too, I'll just give you a link to it right now. So if you can go look at your favorite condiments in their packets and all their fine artwork, it's at shrinkster.com slash seven Yankee Indigo, seven Y-I. They've got special galleries for the Taco Bell packets they recently photographed. You mean the ones with all the different stuff written on them, huh? Mm. Uh-huh. Nice. But this, my friends, is not the greatest sauce website of all time. Oh, God. The greatest sauce website of all time is at shrinkster.com slash 7YJ, 7 Yankee Juliet. This is arguably the greatest sauce toy you will ever see in your entire life. It's a quick time video. It's worth the wait and the watch. You will be... (laughs) enlightened the ketchup crapper the ketchup crapper <laughs> that's hilarious is that awesome i want watch one of it those. in action it's beautiful oh that's sweet everybody needs one of these why isn't this in mass production right now let's see oh my god what, what's the toilet uh. paper for <laughs> is that a beautiful thing that's awesome I love the arms that swing around just before he's got to go. That's just like me. <laughs> little flapping before you get going. Just a little swimming and swinging around. Get, you know, get the body energized. You might try that, Carl, by the way. <laughs> swing your arms around like this thing. <laughs> the ketchup crap. Can you really buy that thing? Uh, no. No, it was a but one-time project. It's so funny, man. All the great websites are gone. It's like, okay, Ketchup Crapper. I got that. Ketchupcrapper.com. <laughs> yeah. Ew, thank God my site was available. Speaking of sites gone, like as in not existing anymore, the remember the haptic cow? Yeah. I went to look for that site and the link uh, came up bad. It's gone. It's gone. We're yeah. haptic cowless. They didn't yeah. want our listeners to enjoy the uh, shot of the guy with his arm up the cow butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shame, really. I mean, that that's classic stuff right there. It was fabulous. It's censorship, in my opinion. Yeah, there you go. Now, now that we've talked about your website, you're obligated to keep it up forever. Right. Well, you know, I'm big on ergonomic technology. There's no two ways about it. And I take chairs very seriously. I mean, I have an air on, but there's some people out there who are doing bad things with chairs. And I would lead you to shrinkster.com slash seven... Yankee Kilo, 7YK. Yick. Now, I mean, I like the Office Organics guys, and I've bought uh, stuff from them, but wow. this chair freaks me out. He's wow. not even sitting. He's not sitting. He's standing up. In fact, that's what the chair is called, the stance. What is the point? Why well, have a chair? Yeah. It still looks like a chair, too. You could use a two-by-four. Yeah. You know, my chair, what's this thing on to his left, though? It looks like he's got, like, some sort of, you know... It's knee supports. I've actually, I had <clears throat> a chair that was similar to this that was, I guess it was called a body chair. And it was a knee support and, like, a thing that you sat on that was kind of angled. But it all, I was it talking, looks like it made more sense than this. I was, was talking like, about the stuff, I'm sorry, I was talking about the stuff on the desk. It looks like oh, the, the front of a, a treadmill or something like that. Well, yeah, now that you're standing up, of course, a desk isn't tall enough, so they have to sell you an even more expensive device that holds your computer up high enough so you can still use it. Wow. But I don't see how you get into this thing elegantly, much less out of it. <laughs> well, it doesn't have a little, like, one of those little joysticks on it, so you can, you know, go around and <laughs> drive around <laughs> and drive around and say, you know, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die, you know, you and know, things like that. You know, this really doesn't look so much like a chair as it looks like a marital aid. This looks like a device that you use to get into positions that you couldn't otherwise. Yeah. I can do it's that the, position without the chair, man. Yeah, you see the that? stands for two. Anyway, $1,200 chair. Oh, hey. And if you want the stand for your computer, too, that'll bump you up to 1800 bucks. Oh, man. But believe me when I tell you, that's not the bad chair in this list. Uh-oh. Oh, you can't be oh, really? serious. I'll take you to the bad chair now. Shrinkster.com slash 7 Yankee Lima, 7YL. You know... I'm almost thinking we ought to have a classic where you bring back the chair with the juicer on it because I've not been able. 
I've not been able to I've not been able to cleanse my mind of that one. That is a bad chair. Eye. There's no no baseball can get that chair out of your head. But take a look at Doctor Rido's ergo chair. Oh my God! Now does that thing blow up as you sit on it? That's an inflatable egg in a metal frame for a hundred and sixty bucks. <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. Give me a break. <laughs> and the tube to, to inflate it is on the top, right? <laughs> Wait, it is the juicer chair. Uh, you know the difference between American products and Japanese products? What's that? Japanese make these crappy little things that sell for 20 bucks. Americans make these crappy big things that sell for a thousand bucks, but they're just as crappy. Oh, yeah. You got it. And, and, and just as useless and probably cost just as much to create. I don't think you can really say that about the USB spaghetti, though, Carl. <laughs> I mean, that was the awesome. USB spaghetti was special. That was awesome. And I got one more chair for you. And what I really like about this chair is that it's truly a geek chair, but it's not a computer geek chair. One of the things that's fascinated me for years is that no matter what things I look into, I find geeks in them. There are aquarium geeks, there are remote control geeks, and there are astronomy geeks. And this is an astronomer's geek chair. And it's at <laughs> shrinkster.com slash 7 Yankee November, 7 YN. Take a look at the laziest ass chair you've ever seen in your life. You know how when you used to want to go look at the stars, you laid down on the grass? Of course. This is a lawn chair that's motorized so oh, you can sweet. rotate it without Jeez. actually moving anything. And it will hold up your binoculars for you. Oh, God. Wow. I want this just to talk to my kids. <laughs> the motorized chair with yeah. the, with the binoculars say, connected to it? They're like, Daddy, Daddy. And I'm like, just a moment. And I go, and <laughs> turn around to him. <laughs> what does he want now? <laughs> Kid comes up on the other side. Daddy, Daddy. Just a moment. And, you know, just to kind of assert my authority over them so they don't forget who's boss, man. What I really like is that, of course, you're looking at them through binoculars, so you get real good nostril shots every time you look at your kids. What is this? What, it looks like in the picture the guy's shooting like a green laser beam out into space. That's right. This is so that he becomes an obvious target, right? The aliens are like, they spotted us. Hit them. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. You got it. Let's take out their surface air their defense systems right no, there. No, no, no. It's so that you can bounce a green spot off the moon so you can locate it easier with your binoculars. Okay. <laughs> binoculars. Boonocular. You know, I'm sorry. I like this thing. You like that chair. I knew you would because it's geeky. It's a geeky chair. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Plus, you can pretend like you're Stephen Hawking, too, and say yes, but you know, and get one of those little, you know, spell checker. (laughs) What's those toys called? The little spell things? Speak and spell. Speak and spell. Get one of those. You know, get this chair. That would be awesome, man. I want this for Halloween. This is what I'm going to do. Get the <laughs> wheels on the bottom of that thing. You know those, instead of that, you just get one of those things that spins around you. You pull the string. It says, the cow says, <laughs> Yeah. And, and then my wife will be like, you know, well, Stephen isn't as smart as he used to be, you know. And I'll just be going, cow says, moo, you know. <laughs> Move 45 degrees northwest for Jupiter. Wow. You found Uranus. Uh, <laughs> you can't please. do astronomy oh, without thank a God, Uranus. Oh, thank God I'm not joke. the worst on the show. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along, decided I had to dig out at least one good toy. This is something I might even consider buying. It's in the category of goofy USB devices, although it's Korean. Shrinkster.com slash 7YO. 7YO. The product, the IM phone. No, it's not a USB key, but it is a USB device. What it is is a USB Bluetooth receiver and set of drivers that allows you to integrate your PC with your phone. Now, to what purpose might you do this for? Because now that your phone can see your PC, you can use Skype over your cell phone. Uh Aha. Interesting. Clever, huh? That's cool. Pretty cool. The thing is... I don't think you need a device. You just need a driver. I got Bluetooth in my uh, my laptop already and Bluetooth in my cell phone. You right. know, I bet I. this is one of those strange areas that I bet this is easier to do in Linux than in Windows because it sort of modularizes all those devices. And by easier, I mean you're going to have to edit a million command line things, but you don't actually, you're not going to have to write any drivers to do it, I bet. And if you want support, you got to wait till 3.30 when Billy comes home from school. 
That's no, no, no. <laughs> Frankie's the guy that uh, that does that. Oh, Frankie, and, uh, yeah, that's and right, he's Frankie. homeschooled, so right. And his mom's pretty nice. So if you call before three thirty, she'll invite you over for cookies. Yeah, very so. nice. Sticking with the USB line of thinking, take a look at shrinkster.com slash seven. Come on up, baby. Slash seven Y P seven Yankee Papa. <laughs> Yankee Papa. I know it's just a news release, but you gotta I read this news release, and after I got over the giggles, I re- couldn't believe what I was actually seeing. So there's this new car called the Mazda Sasu. Okay. And if you read through some of this uh, news release, you'll see parts where it says, uh, combined with evolved Zoom Zoom design language and a unique interior concept. Mm -hmm. I love the Zoom Zoom design language. But the part that really got me is the USB part. It's about four, five paragraphs down. It uses a USB stick as the key and an interface port for programming the hard disk drive. So no more key, no more fob, just a USB thing that you plug into your car to start it. I got a question, Richard. Has the key outlived its functionality and usefulness? Is this this something that needs to be improved on, the key? Well, people are improving on it all the time, right? There's all kinds of new variations on the key. What does the USB give you that a key does not give you? Not a thing, except a whole bunch of new ways to break. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> you know, the, seeing all these USB products makes me think of a of a product that actually maybe I could get my next million on. And it's the idea is it's kind of like a garment that's got the other end that the USB sticks into, so you can get all your USB stuff and stick it into your you know these different little holders and wear them with you as you go. Maybe even have the whole thing wired so you're just one big walking USB hub. Wouldn't Very be nice. Cool? Yeah, that that's a good. <laughs> I mean, you'd be a really, marketable idea. Okay. Probably. You'd be really you'd be the life of the 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 land parties. Ah, oh, life of the land party. <laughs> oh God! I would Great. end off this uh, press release with a or read the final line from the press release, which is: First car buyers can make city driving zoom zoom fun and highly practical. <laughs> All righty. Hey, by the way, uh, one of the alert listeners in the chat room found a site that has the haptic cow. We obviously didn't link to the right site or link to an alternate site. It's at shrinkster.com slash 7YQ. 7YQ. Wow. Uh, and I see the photo still there. The guy with his hand in the plastic cow. <laughs> That's just great. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you. You know what he's Thanks, thinking? You know what he's Thanks, thinking, Richard? Thanks, he's looking Quentin. at the girl, but he's... And he's got his hand on the cow, but he's thinking about the girl, I think. <laughs> yeah, you can see that bulge in his, the front of his pants. Yeah. There you go. Uh, you talking about the front of the cow's pants? Yes, yes. That's okay. what I'm yeah. yeah. One more car product. Shrinkster.com slash 7 Yankee Romeo 7YR will take you to the fine site called Tire Tags. Tire Tags. Oh, now, no. I remember seeing this technology 10 years ago, and it pains me that it's evolved to be on car tires but what it is is a stick that you screw onto your tire that has a bunch of leds on it and as the tire spins around it spins the stick and the stick flashes the leds and your eye naturally merges these together to spell words and or Uh, patterns huh does it have technology to keep the image upright or is it just going to spin depending on the rotation of the wheel actually it does have technology to keep the image upright it knows which way is up and down as it rotates so that it'll always show it in the right place. Wow. Disturbingly, this technology has been used on U.S. indie cars to display logos and brands. You know, now I see that that's a bat. Yeah, that's there. a bat. I thought logo. it was yeah. a pair of tits on the top and a rose on the bottom. I didn't know what that was. I thought it... <laughs> Honest to God, I, I was looking at it the wrong way. Yeah, I'd call that the very, very wrong way. <laughs> Yeah, what were okay. you thinking about? All of a sudden, the bat signal is very sexy to me. <laughs> Are you ready for one more USB product? Oh, God, as long as it's not spaghetti. <laughs> All right. So take a look at shrinkster.com slash 7YT, 7 Yankee Tango, and the fine folks at Genius Webcam and their puppy dog video camera. Huh. So, USB cable coming out of the stuffed dog, and the nose of the dog is actually the video camera. 
This is mm. not a particularly novel product. People have been making these things for a while now. I'm just amazed that somebody's still advertising them. The whole idea that you've got cameras stashed any old place. It's that whole peeping Tom thing, and people are getting serious about that. And around the same time that I found this, I found another product. Take a look at shrinkster.com slash Yankee, seven Yankee uniforms, seven Y-U, to the guys at Spyville and their Spy Finder. I'm so glad you're showing this, Richard. The Spy Finder? Yes, it offends hmm. me that this thing's 150 bucks. I was that's what I was going to point out because it's it at first it looks like it could be cool and then when you realize what it is it's amazing that it's 150 bucks. Yeah, they got a lot of nerve. So check this out. There's six LEDs on it and in between the LEDs there is a lens. The idea is you hold this thing up to your eye, look through the lens, press the button and it flashes the LEDs. By looking through the lens aligned with the LEDs If there are any lenses in your view within about 30 feet, they will reflect the light back as a bright flash. So provided that you're looking straight through it, flashing the lights, and it reflects off the lens of the camera in question, you will see where the lenses are. Now, on their site, it says its function is based on the principle of optical augmentation. This technical jargon refers to the phenomenon where light reflected from a focused optical system, such as a video camera, is reflected back. (laughs) Yes, if you flash a light at a piece of glass, it will flash back. Hey, you know, it's not as crazy for $150 in that they actually include a video camera with it. So... Now it's only sort of a ripoff instead of completely a ripoff. No, That's right. They threw a $10 pinhole camera in there <laughs> so you could test it. <laughs> uh, you know, Richard, I don't even think there's a hole. In the, I, I don't even think there's a, a lens in the middle of it. I think it's just a hole in the middle yeah, of the thing. Might and, just be a hole. And this lady, is. you see the picture of the lady kind of look like she's freaking out. She's freaking out because she realized she just bought six flashing LEDs and a battery for like $150. That's it. <laughs> On sale. <laughs> Uh, you gotta, oh, yeah, anyway, yeah, I couldn't <laughs> believe when I saw this, man. All right. And we're coming to the end here. I got two toys left to go. One this one. Well, they kind of go together. I found this one first. Trinkshow.com slash seven Yankee X-ray seven Y X. I don't know how this guy got into this business. I don't know why this guy got into this business, but he makes artificial shrunken heads. Ugh. I don't know, because you run out of good things to buy for people, so you got to buy some bad things. Oh, oh, God. Oh, my God, that's horrible. Isn't it something? I don't know if it's horrible. They look kind of cool. Check out the About the Our Heads section. I don't like that they're, you know, lips and eyes are yeah, they're sewn, sewn up, shut. Yeah, well, that's the normal thing with real shrunken heads. Really? Yeah. Can real they just can they use like scotch tape or something, or they just don't natives don't have that technology? Well, this the whole thing here, the story of the real shrunken heads comes from the in the in the eighteen hundreds they found these these folks in Brazil that you know that's what they did was they believed if they shrunk the head of their enemy after they killed them, then their souls wouldn't haunt them, mm. and. Victorian folk thought these were cool and started collecting them. The Indians realized they got a, a revenue source, so they started killing everybody in sight and making heads. And now this guy's come up with a way to make a fake head, an artificial head that looks just like the real thing. Yeah, That's check out that, that photograph. He's got a little little uh, uh, picture of the, the paper. Where it says, Osama's shrunken head found in South Africa. <laughs> You know, I used Looks to have like a toy Osama. when I was a kid that took apples and you'd carve the faces into the apples and stick them in this device and it would shrink them, the apples. like make Right, them, I remember that. Make them all wrinkly and then you'd like dip them in something or paint them or something like that and they would, they would be preserved. And that was like a fun little toy. There you go. Nowadays, they call that the microwave. Oh. <laughs> and to yeah. end off this tour... After getting that theme of shrunken heads in my in my mind and alternative lifestyles, take a look at shrinkster.com slash 7YY, 7 Yankee Yankee, a guy really looking to help out those folks with alternative lifestyles. Oh, no, I'm not even going in here, man. <laughs> Eat what? Eat Hufu, Hufu, the healthy human flesh alternative. Oh, oh wait, it's Go an ahead, alternative. Hit enter, be brave, take your chances, take a look around. It's an alternative to human flesh? 
That's right. I, th- I didn't see that alternative word there. I was just oh, like- Oh, yeah. No, this is alternatives. Oh, God. It's kind of like, you know, if you're a vegetarian cannibal. You know, yeah. I, th- I think I've said this before on the show, but when I was dating my wife early on, I, you know, because I've been through survival training and stuff like that, I'd say, you know, honey, I love you, but in a survival situation, I will eat you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so romantic. Well, yeah. I just want to, you know, get things cleared up, you know, in case there was any, you know, I didn't want to be a surprise, you know, being out in that survival situation. But, you know, there have been a couple of times we've been out, you know, hiking and we've been low on food and we're both eyeing each other. Like, you go to sleep first. No, you. <laughs> I'll wait. I'll stay up. That's all right. That's okay. Oh, man. So there, here's a guy who's, you know, recognized a need for a product. This is his million dollar idea. Is all those disgruntled cannibals out there that have been marginalized by society can finally get back to eating what they care about, but in a healthy alternative. Is it human Hufu flesh or not? Classic man? strips, fourteen ninety eight. No, it's it's tofu. Okay. It's, it's like it's like a veggie burger, only it's a veggie human burger. Oh, thank God. Yes, made with real veggies. I thought these guys were freaks. Okay, we're good. <laughs> no, no, they're not freaks. No, totally normal. Oh, no, not at all. Glad you're relieved, Mark. <laughs> it's now high oh. enough quality that our listeners can listen to the show. Okay, we're okay now. Sanitize for your protection. There you go. So, Richard. And that's the toys of the week. Richard, uh, that was a fabulous segment, as always. Before we stop the show here and end on a high note, uh, I got slash dotted last week. Yeah. Yeah, I survived, too. As you know, um, on the last show, I mentioned that I was going to go do a podcast for Nintendo. Did one, and uh, I went down to the uh, to the Nintendo World Store at Rockefeller Center, where they were having this Dog Days event, girls gaming event, and uh, and I, you know, put on the portable recorder and I just walked around and talked to people, and nothing was scripted. You know, I just. Uh, put the camera in people's face and ask them questions. There was a lot of questions that we couldn't put in the actual edit that I really wanted to, but they said no. Like, you know, do you think Nintendogs is a good alternative to crack? Nice. Yeah, they wouldn't let me put that one in there, but uh, I, I really wanted to, but anyway. Well, people get pretty smitten with Nintendogs. Yeah, no, no. Believe it or not, uh, the Foxtrot uh, comic strip is all about Nintendogs this week, and it's <laughs> and it's like my house. I mean... The little kid wants to play Nintendogs, and she can't because mom's playing. <laughs> Do you know there's a Tamaguchi thing here, right? It's yeah. the whole uh, electronic pet thing. Yeah, that's right, except it's in 3D. And, right. Well, not 3D. And you but can play with other people's pets. Yes, it's, pretty, it's a pretty amazing toy. Turns out that it's the biggest selling video game ever. Wow. In the wow. first week, they sold 250,000 units. So it's and absolutely podcast huge. Podcast pioneer Carl Franklin was uh, no, there no, no, no. to promote it. But if you want to read the slash dot uh, article, it's at shrinkster.com slash seven yw. Yeah, and if in case the person who posted that to slash dot is uh, is a Monday's listener, uh, thanks for using the Coral Cache on the link to that uh, on the link to the MP3 file because I'm sure that saved everybody uh, a whole bunch of slash dot terror. Well, tell me what that is, Jeff. Okay, Coral Cache is um, it's an it's an interesting system. What it is is you use this specific URL. You do like HTTP colon slash slash. I think it's like coral.nyud.edu. It's some some uh, nyud.net and yeah. uh, colon eighty ninety, and then append the actual URL to the end of that. And what it does is that domain name. Uh, I think it's around Robin DNS. It points to a whole bunch of different servers that maintain. Uh, mirrors of of stuff that's been requested so in other words the nyud.net colon uh, 1080 points you to a website that website if it hasn't hit that url before will download the file and if it has downloaded the file before it'll serve it up from there and because it's a round robin dns it may actually be a little more complicated than that but it's at yeah. least like a round robin dns it points to a bunch of different servers all over the place so it's right. an easy way to provide uh sort of mirrors to uh to file so so is there any way to quantify how many downloads have actually happened you know i don't know you might be able to get that information from nyud.net itself um yeah i'm not sure because that that you know that of course is the issue we need to provide metrics and give it give them some feedback even with that you know even with that nyud link 
we have gotten about 10,000 downloads so far. Yeah, somebody uh, actually in the Slashdot story I noticed posted a direct link, so some people probably use that too. Right. So pretty crazy. Pretty crazy and good stuff. The thing that's amazing about this Nintendogs game is that if you're if you, one person one kid has it and you know she get, gets near another kid they like you know it yeah they find up. each other they, they, they talk to each other your dog barks at you not only that but you can actually play with the other person's dog and you can take them to the to the pet store and get puppies from that pet you can actually collect dogs that way I I, I my in my heart I feel like there's a way to take this Nintendogs thing. And you know, skew, skew up the metrics a bit, and use it as a way to get women. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't quite figure out how to get that get me inserted into that Nintendo picture. Uh, I'm sure you can, but they'd either be 14 years old or they'd be mothers. No, of no, no, they got be old. Oh, geez, you're right. It just doesn't yeah. make that 22, <laughs> a 22 year old. Damn. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. back to the drawing board then. All right. Well, anyway, thanks, Guy. I want to thank everybody who is involved in this week's show. Jeff Maciolik in Hudson, New York. Mark Miller in Hollywood, California. Idaho. Richard, I'm sorry, Idaho. <laughs> Richard Campbell in Vancouver, British Columbia. Karen obviously could not be with us tonight, but our heart goes out to her wherever she is. I'm sure we'll hear all about it next week on Mondays. Thank you, guys, and everybody out there listening. Keep listening. Have a great week.